give God praise this morning, the one that is high and lifted up and worthy to be praised. Um, man, we uh, we are so thankful for so thankful for the Lord this morning. It's a pleasure to be with you all um, back again um, after after getting married a second time and uh, celebrating uh, celebrating uh, the, uh, my wonderful marriage with my wife um, uh, Taylor. And um, it's good to be back with you guys after um, that absence. And um, and uh, man, I just uh, it's good to be back. That's all I'll say. It's really good to be back with you guys. Um, uh, before I begin, uh, I just wanted to say that uh, there will be no middle um, and high school Bible study this week. Um, I want to send out a survey um, to parents and kids, and we're going to find a different time um, for us to meet. So just be on the lookout uh, for that information um, and just uh, keep keeping you around. So we'll be able to figure that out together. Um, I'd be lying to you guys if I said that I'm all right this morning. Um, I feel like, you know, it kind of, uh, your heart definitely goes into the pit of your stomach um, when you think about everything that's um, happened in, in this community um, over the past couple of weeks. Um, I had the pleasure of knowing Eric, um, Eric Geese, um, the second who was found this past week, tragically um, passed away. And um, he was one of the leaders of our King of Kings drill team here. And I got to watch um, him really show out. Um, every time that he practiced or, or participated in that. And I've had the pleasure of knowing his grandma, Mama McDonald, who's um, very much been an adoptive uh, mom for me ever since that I've come here uh, to St. Paul. So um, before we even get started um, this morning, um, because we're going to take a little detour from the Armor of God series, because I feel like this is a message that maybe we all need to hear this morning. So um, just please uh, keep your ears open. But before we begin, uh, let's go to God in prayer because, man, we can't do this without him. Amen. Dear Lord, uh, thank you so, so very much uh, for your awesome love. Thank you, God, for somehow sitting with us in our darkness man, just relating to us and knowing, God, that no matter what it is that we go through, God, you are here. You are present. Your love goes out. Your love has already gone out through your son, Jesus, Lord. And we look to the cross when we can't, when we can't trace you, God, when we, we can't see your hand. Sometimes we look to the cross as a reminder that you care for us, that you love us, that you are in everything that we do. And God, I pray that you would be with us in this moment right now. Give me the strength to give this message to our children, to our youth, and to everyone that is here right now. We love you. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving us so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. As the, the title of our message uh, this morning is, His Life is Our Light. His Life is Our Light. The Bible verse, uh, the verses today for uh, the impact moment will be from John chapter one, verses four through five. I'll be reading from the New International Version, which says this. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Can I repeat that last verse? The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Guys, the bottom line or the main point that I want us to get from today's message is this. We can overcome anything, anything, because of Jesus. Yeah. To this day, uh, I am unashamed. I am unashamed to say that I am still a little bit scared of the dark. I am still a little scared of the dark. When I was little, 
I would uh, walk as fast as I could up and down the stairs if our hallway was dark enough where I felt a little creeped out by the way things looked around the house or in the rooms that were dark. It was a little too creepy looking for me, so I would flip lights on everywhere that I went. I remember one of the first scary movies that I watched at my house. I had to turn almost all of the lights on in order for me to go to sleep so that I could feel just a little bit more comfortable about sleeping that night. Then even when I've been at another house, like my grandma's house that lives close by, man, I would, as I walked down the very, very dark hallway to her bathroom, I would flip on the lights in the room right down the hallway, left and right. I'd turn those lights on. Why? Because the lights, man, they made things feel a lot less scary. They made things feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit easier to to handle. I could see clearly, which meant I didn't have to worry about anything jumping out and scaring me, which definitely was a concern. Man, I'd be ready. The lights were on. The light made me feel comfortable, and this brightness made me feel like I didn't have to be afraid anymore. Silly as that sounds, but man, it made all the difference, even with walking to the bathroom at my grandma's house. As I got older, guys, this darkness, it it took on different forms. Darkness became um, not just being afraid of the dark at home, but I remember the deep depression that I was in during middle school. Um, When the harsh words from what bullies said um, about me and the intrusive thoughts that I had about myself were sometimes too much to bear. I remember losing my grandpa in high school and having to wrestle uh, with the pain and the grief of losing someone that I loved for the first time. Recently, in the past year, I've had to deal with losing two more grandparents, a good friend of mine from college, and I've had to feel the sadness and the isolation that comes when I can't see you all here at church. All of this darkness, it can suck. Can I put it that way this morning for us, guys? It can suck. The sad part about it is we've all faced different forms of darkness in our lives. As a kid, maybe you're still a little bit scared of the dark in your room at night. As you've gotten older, you could have felt the pain of bullying, maybe felt the pain of losing a best friend or a family member, or dealing with your parents' divorce, or maybe even having to deal with a sickness or an illness that you might have had. It could be that COVID has you feeling down recently as well, and you're tired of wearing masks and seeing your friends through a video screen on Zoom. It can cause us to shut down. This darkness can cause us not to be able to sleep at night, It can break us down and it can cause us to cry, maybe feel a little bit numb about life. But guys, this morning, I come with the news that it's a good thing that we're not alone in this darkness. We are nowhere close to being by ourselves as we handle this darkness that we face. This morning, I want us to know that in our deepest darkness, we have a marvelous light and his name is Jesus. He is our savior, Jesus Christ who cares so much about us, and he cares so much about what we're going through. More than that, Jesus wants to be the light that shines in our darkest moments. He wants us to take hold of the life that he offers us in himself. His life is our light, and it can help us overcome the dark so that we have nothing to fear. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the scripture says we do not have to fear, right? For our God is with us wherever we go. So again, our bottom line, we can overcome anything, anything because of Jesus. As we look at our passages uh, for for today from John chapter 1, 4 through 5, one of the very first things that jumps out to me about our passage, guys, from John, is that in Jesus is life. 
God sent Jesus to be the sacrifice for our sins so that when we believe in him, our sins would not keep us from coming to know the living God. We don't have to be afraid of death or dying because eternal life with God in heaven is waiting for us. The great part about following Jesus, though, is that we don't have to wait for this eternal life to have life with God. Jesus gave his life for us so that we could also live for him on earth, amen? That we would have abundant life. He doesn't promise us that things will be easy. He doesn't promise us that it will always be a piece of cake, but he does promise us his joy, his peace, and his love will be with us wherever we go. The life that Jesus gives, next for me, the life that he gives us on earth and in heaven, man, we see that this life is our light. This life is our light. And no matter what we go through or face in this life, our deepest joy is in Jesus who loves us with an everlasting love. The good things that we do for others, the way that we carry ourselves, the way that we show love to our family and friends, man, this is the love of Christ Jesus that lives in us. Man, we have a chance to show it wherever we go. Even when things get tough and in our darkest moments, guess what? Our hope is in Jesus so that when, when our friends and our family, when they look at us, they ask us, how could we be smiling even in the midst of this craziness? We can tell them it's because our hope, our strength is in the Lord. Our hope and our strength is in Jesus Christ. We don't have to be afraid because we serve a Savior who overcame the world. That is the God we serve. It's the God that represents our light. Then for me, guys, the greatest part, the greatest part of this verse is at the very end. The light shines in the darkness. And what does it say, Bernie? It says that that darkness has not overcome the light. That darkness has not and will not overcome the light. Guys, we serve Jesus. We serve Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It was Jesus that carried the cross. It was Jesus that paid the penalty of death for you and me. And then it was Jesus who overcame death itself. Jesus literally went into the darkness of suffering, of shame, and evil. He took on our darkness by taking on our sins. And then he walked out of darkness by walking out of the grave. And he walked into his heavenly reward. Man, that is the biggest amen ever, isn't it? That is so beautiful to know that that is the God that we serve. That is our Savior. Guys, there is nothing that we can't overcome this morning. That is the message that I want to bring to us. There is nothing that we can't overcome. Not death, not sin, not the gates of hell, not the devil himself. Nothing, nothing can defeat us because Jesus, our loving God and Savior, and he overcame it all. So children and youth, guys and girls, all of us here this morning, I want us now more than ever to fix our eyes on Jesus. There is no one and nothing more deserving of our attention, no one more deserving of our love than a God that is willing to go through darkness for you and for me. We need to run to Jesus. We need to cling to the cross this morning and every day because let the cross be our reminder that in our darkness, we're not alone. Amen. Thank you all. Come on, can we give God praise? Thank you, Reverend C, for your moment of meditation for our youth and our children. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I want to do something real quick. If you are watching us online uh, and you are a first-time guest, if you would just uh, in the chat, 
uh, just put, I'm a first-time guest, I put guest, we want to acknowledge you, and if you are a first-time guest here at St. Paul in the house, if you would, just wave your hand, I just want to see if we have any first-time guests that are in the house, amen, come on, let's give God praise for our first-time guests, we want to welcome you to St. Paul uh, in uh, the church house as well as on our digital platforms, we don't take for granted of you visiting with us, and we hope that you feel welcome. Usually pre-pandemic, we would have come to greet you and shake your hand and try to give you a hug, but I know for some introverts, you are loving this right now. Amen, amen. So we're not going to do that, but we do want to say welcome. We hope and pray that you feel the Spirit of God in this place. Um, As we move forward, as far as our worship experience is concerned, Uh, There are several things I want to share with you before we proceed uh, to the Lord in prayer, as well as the rest of our worship experience. Uh, I got a note saying that there is one of our disciples. um, Her name is Miss Ira Bell Ray, um, and she is 108 years old on October the 4th. Amen. I think we could do a whole lot better than that. And so I want to give a shout out as far as that is concerned and tell her happy birthday. She turned 104 on October the 4th. And uh, we pray that the Lord, as he allows for her golden years, I'm going to say platinum years now titanium years, yeah, (laughs) to roll on. We just give God praise for that. Amen. Um, Tomorrow, the office is going to be closed for whatever day you want to call tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) Some call it Indigenous Day. Some call it Columbus Day. Here at St. Paul, we're calling it a day off. Amen. So uh, uh, we we will not be in the office tomorrow. I do want to just say that uh, we're having uh, Sunday morning live for our kids and teen today at 2. So uh, check out the Zoom links as far as our uh, digital platforms are concerned. And if you don't have a link, email um, brichardson at spbcnc.org. Now, let me just state, and Karen, correct me if I'm wrong, we're having some issues with emails going out through ACS, and we're trying to figure out what that glitch is because some people, some of our disciples aren't getting our communication via email. So we're trying to work that out and figure out what's going on as far as that's concerned so that we can get um, you the communication so that you can be a part of whatever we're doing here at the church. Just want to remind you all that we're in TNT Bible study at noon and at 7. We're studying the book of James. And you can join us on our various platforms um, because I'm also preaching through the book of James. So I'm linking Bible study as well as Sunday morning service. Uh, I am looking so forward to um, thanking you all for allowing me to um, be your servant leader for five years. That's going to, amen. Thank you all. Good friend of mine, the Reverend Dr. Stephen Blunt uh, from uh, First Baptist Mayhan, Suffolk, Virginia, is going to be our preacher for that morning. And uh, I'm just looking so forward to hearing him. He is a gifted voice for the kingdom, and we're going to be blessed immensely. Just want to let you know that Kaya uh, will be taking place on uh, October 27th. We had the Sister to Sister edition back in September. We're going to have the Brother to Brother edition. 
uh, in October. That's going to be hosted by Minister, Minister Jeffrey Stevenson. And uh, mark your calendar and join us in that conversation. On October the 31st, we're going to have College Recognition Sunday. And so virtually or in-house, wear your favorite college uh, sweatshirt or T-shirt. Uh, as far as that's concerned, and for those that are virtual, we'll ask you all to put it in your chat. Amen. So uh, wear your favorite college paraphernalia as far as that is concerned. Um, and I am so looking forward to next month as far as Thankful Thursday is concerned. And we got, go ahead and give God praise. We got some gifted preachers. We got some gifted preachers that are going to join us. My nephew, the Reverend Dr. Willie Francois, will be preaching the uh, first Thursday. The second Thursday is my dear friend and frat brother, the presiding bishop of the Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship, Bishop Joseph Walker, will be our preacher. And then um, my newly minted sister, pastor, Reverend Dr. Danielle Brown, will close us out. So you would love to be, we would love to have you here in person as well as virtual, and you'll see uh, constant communication as far as that's concerned. So that's each Thursday. Now, I will admit that because of what I'm doing preaching-wise, I'm going to continue to do Bible study on those Thursdays at noon. And so you can check us out for Bible study at noon, or we may post it at another time, like on Friday, for you to check us out as far as Bible study is concerned. But I will continue to do Bible study so we can continue this flow. Amen? Amen. Let me um, just say, as we prepare to uh, go to the Lord in prayer, um, that I know our hearts are heavy. Our hearts are heavy. Um, and I am definitely uh, lifting up uh, my colleague, my comrade in ministry, Reverend James Burnham, because he has the um, task of eulogizing uh, two people this week. The family of Brother Eric Deese, who is the son of Sister Althea Barnett, the grandson of disciples, uh, Angela, Deacon Angela McDonald and Harry McDonald. His services are going to be here on Tuesday. Uh, here at the church, quiet, I was going to be at 10, and the services will be at 11. We want to lift that family in our prayer. And then Miss Ziona Pfeiffer, who is the daughter of uh, Mr. Warren Mason and Keisha Pfeiffer. Uh, that was the young girl, 11 years old, um, that died in our uh, parking lot of our apartment complexes. Her services are going to be on Friday here at St. Paul, and the quiet hour will be at noon with services at 1. Um, and um, we open up our church to that family because uh, little Miss Ziona helped Reverend Bernie when we were clearing out the closet upstairs on the third floor. Uh, she helped him do that. She wasn't even a member here, and she helped him... Um, to, to clear that out. I think it took about three or four days for them to do that. And she came and lent her services. So we're going to reciprocate and be a blessing to this family. And uh, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Amen. 
We want to lift up other folks, people who are going through loss and grief, the family of Brother Bobby Martin, the family of Sister Jonzita Wright, the family of Sister Linda Calhoun, the family of Sister Cora Stitt, the family of Brother Dempsey Gresham, and the family of Sister Winifred McCray. We want to lift up all of those who are part of our church, who are connected to those families intimately. Uh, let them know we are praying for them and with them. And please, let's continue to lift up my pastor emeritus, Dr. Paul Drummond, and his wife, Sister Thomasina, uh, Deacon Michael Underwood, and then there are other names that will be scrolling up and down our list. I'm going to ask Reverend Bernie if he could come and uh, take us to the throne of grace as far as our prayer concerns at this moment. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, if we're honest this morning, God, our hearts are heavy. Yes. Our minds is wavering to and fro, God. Mm -hmm. But Lord, in spite of all of that, we know who you are, God. Mm -hmm. God, so we recognize, God, even in the midst of troubled situations, even in the midst of grief, even in the midst of illness, Father, you are God. And beside you, there is none other. So, Lord, we come this morning, God, asking, Lord, that you would just touch, God. Touch those families, God, that are experiencing bereavement, the family of Eric, the family of Ziona. God, touch them, God. Touch their hearts, God. Let them know, God, that you have not left them, God, that even in the midst of troubled situations, God, you are still by their side, God. Help them to lean on you, to depend on you, God. We pray, oh, Heavenly Father, for those that are experiencing sickness right now, God. Let them know, God, you're still a healer, God. Yes. God, you're still with them also, God. God, we ask this morning in the name of Jesus, God. God, that you will move on hearts this morning. God, where we're broken down. God, where we're delusional. God, where we have all these things that are happening all around us. God, we pray, God, that you will have your spirit, God, to move on us, God, to shake us, God, to awaken us, God, to the power of who you are, God. For, Lord, we realize, God, you don't make mistakes, God. We realize, God, that all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose, God. Remind us, God, that in spite of what it looks like, God, God, there's a victory on the other side of the tunnel, God. So, Lord, we pray, God, right where we are, God, whether it's in the houses, God, whether it's in the hospitals, God, right where we are, God, touch our spirits, Lord, move on us, God, build us up, God, where we're torn down right now, God. We thank you, Lord, for what you will do. We bless you, God, and we wait, God, for you to move, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. Thank you, Lord. For the power of your spirit. Thank you, Lord, for shaking us, God. Oh, God, we give you glory, God. We give you glory, God. We give you glory, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, if you believe that prayer is being answered, can you give God the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved? Give God praise for anticipation of your prayer being answered thank you reverend bernie i know this is this is a difficult time for you my brother and uh, we are lifting you in in prayer 
with lifting you in prayer. Beloved, it's time to give. It's time to give. It's time to give. Uh, it is time to give. And as we make preparation to give this morning, uh, there are three ways in which you can give. Uh, for those that are watching us online, you can either mail a check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, uh, 28205. And sound man, I don't know what you've done, but get me right. Um, or you can um, bring your uh, check, cash, and money order to the church at uh, here at the church. But if you do that, call the church office first at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. Another way you can give is through our website. Church Life or ACS, and then finally you can give through the app called Givelify. Thank you so much. That's it right there. Amen. You can give through the app called Givelify, and if you don't have that app on your smart device, download it to your smart device and connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So as we prepare to give, for those that are in-house, if you have a physical offering, um, there's a basket in front of the pew, in, on the pew in front of you, you can place it there. So however you're giving, if you're watching us online or in the house, if you would, if you're able, take your offering, place it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right and not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and thank you for all of those who give at this moment, not grudgingly, not out of necessity, but out of love and obedience in accordance to your word. Sowing seed into great soil here at St. Paul Church. Take these gifts of ours, oh God. Multiply them so you would get the glory out of our works and our efforts and that your name shall be made even greater in the earth. It is in the name of Jesus we pray, amen. Amen. If you will go ahead and give at this time, those that are in the house, if you would just drop your offering on the in the basket in front of you, our team will receive it. Thank you all so very, very much. God bless you. Word has blessed. 
Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. And can we celebrate our wonderful music ministry, how they continue to bless us with their gift of song. And it is something I know I don't take for granted. I am greatly appreciative of how they help to set the tone and tune for the worship experience and for the preaching moment. We want to continue the series of sermons that we're doing um, on the book of James. I want to turn your attention to James chapter 1, verse 19 through verse 27. Uh, Darius, I'm sounding Irish. So if you can help me out, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, James chapter 1, starting at verse 19. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. James chapter 1, verse 19. It reads like this. So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Key verse. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. If anyone among you think he is religious... And does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart. This one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To visit orphans and widows in their trouble. And to keep oneself unspotted from this world. I want to preach for a time that is mine as the spirit will give utterance and unction and anointing. Uh, living a blessed life. Living a blessed life. If I were to take a poll this morning and ask this question, how many of you want to have a blessed life? I can imagine hands would fly up all over social media and in the physical sanctuary. This is because many, if not all of us, want to have blessings beyond our wildest imagination. As a matter of fact, there are those who feel like they have a blessed life right now. And you hear them going around saying, I am blessed and highly favored. For others, they give this phrase by saying, I'm too blessed to be stressed. And then... You know, there are those of us who like to throw shade when somebody ticks us off and they done made us mad. And instead of cussing them out, we'll say, have a blessed day. <laughs> All of this is to say how our idea of being blessed is intrinsically, intimately, and intricately connected to 
material things. And if we're honest, we measured how blessed we are by our material possessions, social prominence, educational papers, and financial position. Social media, television, some churches, and a few preachers have given a false perspective of what it means to live a blessed life. When you see somebody posting on the gram or creating videos for TikTok where they're showing off their material possessions, oftentimes there are those of us who want to try to exceed what we see on the screen, only to wind up frustrated and flustered because we've been chasing fame and fortune. Interestingly, we see what other people have, but we have no earthly idea how they got what they got and how they got to keep doing to keep what they got. Uh, some folks have a mansion, but you don't even know they're living in misery. Uh, some folks have a car, but have nobody to care for them. Some people got money, but you don't know what they had to do to get it. Some folks have power, but you're unaware of how that person sold his or her soul to maintain it. Somebody has a house, but like Luther said, it ain't a home. Somebody has education, but don't have common sense. They, they look like they're blessed, but really they are broke. Maybe, just maybe, Reverend Bernie, we need to redefine and redescribe what a blessed life looks like. I want to suggest that James, the half-brother of Jesus, gives us insight into what a blessed life is really all about. Last week, we talked about how James shared with us how we ought to choose joy in the midst of our troubles, trials, and tribulations. Now, in the text I've read to you this morning, James is giving us descriptions about attitudes and behaviors we ought to demonstrate as far as our walk with Jesus Christ is concerned. It is a wonderful litany. It is a prescription. It is excellent advice, even if you don't believe in Jesus Christ. But I would dare say that this word is not for the unsaved, but for the saved. This word is not for the unrighteous, but for those who have been justified by faith in Jesus Christ. This word is for any man, woman, boy, or girl who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. This is for those of us that are religious, those of us that are spiritual, those of us who are saved. This is for the saint, the baptized. And, and I want to key in, I want to key in, uh, Reverend Payton, on verse 25 in the C clause when it says, this one will be blessed in whatever he does. What blows my mind is this, church. As I was preparing this message and I was doing my exegetical works, as I was trying to pull up biblical interpretation, as I was trying to see what the scriptural focus would be, I didn't see anybody really talk about verse 25. Commentaries don't go through no great detail expounding on verse 25. I, I even looked at some sermons that other preachers have written, and, and it really didn't talk about verse 25. 
But, but for some reason, uh, verse 25 hollered, hey, man, preach me, preach me. And I said, okay, I'm going to try to preach you. Because I believe James, in verse 25, gives us great wisdom about how to live and obtain a blessed life. I want to suggest that a blessed life is connected to the word of God. That has the capacity and capability to produce a change in you and me. And thereby, thereby we create change around us. In other words, a blessed life is not necessarily found in clothes, cars, cash, currency, or cosmetics. It is found in the word of God. A blessed life is not found in power, prestige, preeminence, prominence, or politics. It is found in the word of God. I would even dare say that a blessed life is not found in family, friends, finance, favor, or fitness. It is found in the word of God. And so the question I want to put out there, just wrestle with for a few moments is, how can we achieve the blessed life that James is talking about? And it's so simple, I'm almost embarrassed to share it with you, but I'm going to give it to you anyhow. That when you look at this particular text, that you will discover that if you want to have a blessed life to those that are watching me on social media, you got to get the word of God. I, I told you, it, it ain't nothing to shout about, but, but good meat makes its own gravy. When you look at verses 19 through 21, James wonderfully unpacks this these three verses when he helps us to understand how you and I ought to flow in our everyday reality. James gives some identification markers uh, with the hearer of his letter and gives us wonderful words of wisdom. This is what he says, and this is where a lot of us don't flow. He says we should be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Uh, that's a sermon in and of itself. And, and I could have just preached that if I wanted to this morning. J James encouraged uh, us to engage in active listening. Which means we must be willing to listen and then act on what we have heard. He places the responsibility on the hearer and says the hearer must have a discerning ear and mind. Because as a listener, if you don't have discernment, you'll fall for the okie doke. If you don't have discernment, you will fall for false doctrine and erroneous teaching. And so James is writing this as a setup for you and I to receive the word of God. So not only must we be quick to hear, but we must be slow to speak. Don't be so eager trying to give her a defense or a response or a retort when you listen to somebody. You know people who don't pay any attention, but they're always yapping, always talking, always got something to say. And can I be transparent for a moment? Uh, maybe in your mind, God knows in my mind, when I run into a person like that, I, I, something within me just really want to say, will you please shut up? Stop talking all the time and hogging the conversation. My God, do I have any fellow travelers with me? Because when you talk constantly, 
you ain't hearing effectively. Can I give you this tweetable? Real wisdom does not always mean you have something to say. <laughs> uh, 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 wisdom requires listening and praying and speaking if needed. I, 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 thank, thank y'all for blessing me for my birthday. I turned 53 and something has just clicked off in me. Uh, Pierre, uh, something has clicked off in your husband. And I thank God that I have arrived to the point where I am in life. And maybe I got some fellow travelers who are with me. Uh, no, don't clap because some of y'all going to be guilty of this. Um, um, but I've gotten to a point that when I run into somebody who always got something to say and is crazy and is ignorant and is stupid, I have, Reggie, reached the conclusion that I ain't trying to argue with you no more. Here is my response to the stupid, crazy stuff that folks got to say. Okay. I ain't wasting my breath because I have become wise enough to know you can't argue with ignorant I know what I said. I know the king's English, but, but I really mean, you can't argue with ignorant folk. And wisdom will help you to understand you ain't got to always respond to everything everybody says. Because guess what? When you learn how to say okay, it helps you not to get angry and walk away. Because James says we need to be slow to wrath. Slow to anger. Because it does not make us right with God. Now, let me tell you what James is not talking about. James is not talking about righteous indignation. James is not talking about how you shouldn't be angry over sin. You and I need to get angry over the violence in our community. God knows when I got word that Eric Deese was shot, I got angry. We should be angry over police brutality. We should be angry over racism. We should be angry over sexism. We should be angry over the mistreatment of the poor. We should be angry over injustice. We should be angry over homelessness. We should be angry of the crime in our communities. We should be angry over sin. Yeah, we, we, we should be angry. So he's not talking about righteous indignation. But what James is talking about is a bad temper. And we know folk who got a bad temper. And when you have a bad temper, you don't listen and you talk too much. When you have a bad temper, you get angry and you can't do the great things that God wants you to do. And I'm here to let you know a bad temper will put you in a bad place. If you don't believe me, let me call up that great liberator, that great emancipator by the name of Moses. If Moses was here, Moses missed the promised land because of his temper, which caused him to disobey a commandment from God. And I don't want to take for granted that you all know why Moses missed the promised land. 
because we have a lot of biblical illiteracy in today's culture. But Moses missed the promised land because of his anger. When they were in the wilderness, the children of Israel were getting on Moses' reserved nerve. And God, and they kept begging him for water. And God told Moses, Moses, I want you to speak to the rock. And if you speak to the rock, water will come out. However, Moses, because of his anger, he didn't speak to the rock. He struck the rock. And because he struck the rock, God said, I will not let you go into the promised land. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I'd be doggone if I let somebody make me so mad that I miss out on all the stuff that God wants to give me. For, for a lot of us, we do the opposite of James. We are slow to listen, quick to speak, and quick to get angry. Why? Because we got to give somebody a piece of our mind. I, I've discovered that when we do stuff like this, we tend to do some crazy, ungodly, and stupid things. When, 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 when it comes out, it comes out in some filthy, mean, and ugly ways. It comes out when we cuss and when we fight and when we become greedy and we have malice and we engage in name calling. And, and if you don't speak it, you are texting in all caps. It, it, it's seen in the crazy disparaging posts that we put on social media. It's perpetuated through lies, gossip, and rumors out in the street. And James tells us, take off all filthiness. He didn't just say some filthiness. He said all filthiness. Now, I can hear a rat lick lord. That's Mississippi, y'all. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, it's getting real quiet in here. This, this ain't, for somebody, this ain't good preaching. Uh, uh, somebody ain't quick to hear what I'm trying to say. Somebody on social media, on our Zoom congregation, is already tuning me out. Some, somebody's already mumbling under his or her breath or clowning on me in your mind. Your temper is swelling up. Uh, like Lecrae, you coming in hot. Uh, but can I help you this morning? I'm, I, 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 I want to I, I pass you. Can, 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 I, can I bless you this morning? Can, can I encourage you with this one thing? Here it is. Take this word I'm giving you with a sense of humility because it will save your life. The word of God, whether you believe it or not, the word of God is life changing, life redeeming, life liberating, life sustaining and life empowering. This word I'm dropping on you right now will save your body and your spirit. It will save your head, your heart and your hands. It'll save your mind and your flesh. It will save your inner being and your outer person. But you've got to get the word of God planted in you, ingrained in you, infused in the very fiber of your being. 
Isaiah 48 says, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Deuteronomy 3.8 says, so humble you, allowed you to be hungry and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make it known to you that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I'm just trying to do a church check right now because you need to understand that the word of God has power to change your situation. It has power to give you new insight. It has power to help you to navigate the nefarious situations of your existential reality. Huh? In other words, the word of God will help you to deal with whatever situation comes as far as your life is concerned. And we got to get this word in us. Watch this by reading it, studying it, praying it, meditating on it, hearing it, memorizing it, loving it, and living it. Can I do a church check right now? Anybody in the house know that the word of God has power to lift up a bow down head. The word of God has power to strengthen your soul. The word of God has power to give you insight. The word of God has power to speak to your situation. The word of God has power to heal your body. The word of God has power to wipe tears from your eyes. The word of God has power to lift up a bow down head. The word of God has power to resurrect your soul. The word of God has power to energize you. I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but I believe I got 50. I'll make 51. They ain't afraid to admit and ain't afraid to testify that you know that the word of God will give you strength. Even the youth shall faint and get weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord, that's his word, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up. God, I feel like preaching with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Anybody know that the word has power? The word. So, 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 so not only must you get the word, somebody say get the word, but then you got to go, go live the word. Oh, 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 uh, 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 y'all getting it, but you gotta, you gotta, somebody help me preach this thing. You gotta do what? Oh, y'all gonna help me. Listen, I ain't wasting my voice this morning because y'all gonna help me preach and say, you gotta gotta live this word. Verse 22 through 25, James says, getting the word is not enough. You got to live what you've learned. You you got to apply what you've heard. Can I be honest? Can I be truthful here? This is where most of us fall short. And this is where most of us mess up. James is Peter's favorite letter in the Bible. How many of us have been convicted through teaching, preaching, or reading the word of God and did nothing? How many of us have said, ooh, that word convicted me. And that's all it did was convict you. You are convicted, but you ain't changed, which makes you a convict to your sins. <laughs> I'm walking the text. I'm walking the text. Here is how James 
drives this point home. James says, a whole lot of people will hear the word of God, but will not obey the word of God. When you have engaged in hearing and you adequately understand what the word requires, then God expects for you to do something with it. Information that leads to inspiration without application means nothing. Learning that produces a burning without a changing means nothing. Knowing about God will cause you to love God, but if you don't obey God, it means nothing. And James says, you're lying to yourself. Now, now, now here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing about lying to yourself versus lying to somebody else. Because when you're lying to somebody else, they may know or they may not know that you're lying. But when you're lying to yourself, you can't really lie to yourself because you know you're lying. Anybody ever been there where you where, where, where you try to justify some mess and you knew you knew you was wrong as two left feet? But I tell you, you know. All right, see, there y'all go engaging in self-deception. Here it is. Self-deception is when you have the word of God give you a reflection of how bad you are and you disregard it. This is how James puts hearing the word of God but not doing the word of God. James says it is like you looking in a mirror and then forgetting how you look. Now, that's tame. Let me give you the Robert Scott updated version. Can I give that to y'all? Can I give y'all my homiletical, hermeneutical insight about what James is really saying that is so graphic, you're going to say, oh, here it is. This is what it means. When you look in the mirror and you see something up your nose and do nothing about it. You, you, you don't blow your nose. You walk around like there's nothing in your nose. Folks tell you you got something in your nose and you don't even care. The reflection reveals how bad you look, but you behave as if there's nothing in your nose. But the word of God will show you, will show me how bad off we are, how crazy we are, and how we need to change for the better. But you don't change by hearing the word of God. You change by doing the word of God. And the text says, when you do the word of God, you will be blessed in whatever you do. Y'all, this is the point I've been trying to get to as far as my sermon is concerned. In other words, here it is. When you study the word of God, when you live the word of God and you stay in the word of God, it will keep you free from sin and from death when you stay with the word. God will bless you in whatever you are doing because you are putting God's word into action. You are practicing what you have read. You are practicing 
practicing what you have taught. You are practicing what you preach. You are practicing what you've studied. You are practicing what you learn. You are even practicing what you give God praise about. And I'm here to let somebody know when you put the word of God into action, God will bless your life and God will blow your mind. I'm here to let you know that the word of God got something to say about everything that all of us do. The word of God has something to say about your relationships. Luke 10 27 says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. God's word has something to say about your salvation. Romans 10 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. God's word has something to say about the least and the left outs and the forgotten abouts. In Matthew 25 40 when he says surely I say unto you inasmuch as you have done it to the least of my brethren you've done it also unto me and I know I'm getting ready to uh, I have a whole lot of folks shut up on me right now but the word of God even got something to say about your money Malachi 3 10 and 11 says bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me now says the Lord of hosts if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. Can I do a church check right now? Because I'm here to let somebody know that the word of God is a strong tower. The word of God is your shield and your buckler. The word of God will remind you of who you are in God. If you don't believe me, all you got to do is go and holler at my boy Paul. Paul said, if you go to my word, I've already written. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loves you. If that ain't enough, I got another word for you. That if you're hungry and you don't know how to make it. Uh, my word will tell you that my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory through Christ Jesus. If that ain't good enough, if somebody's here right now and you're very confused about who you need to be in Jesus Christ, uh, Paul said, let this mind be in you that's also in Christ Jesus. If that ain't good enough, somebody needs to know, do I really need to be saved? Yeah, that's why I'm preaching this gospel. For there is power unto salvation when I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if that ain't good enough somebody needs to know that the word of God reminds you that Jesus Christ is real he came down through 42 generations he preached and taught throughout Judea and Capernaum and Galilee he died on a rugged cross was buried in a tomb and three days later God got him up all I'm trying to do is give y'all the word I ain't here to give you no motivational speech I'm not here to try to inspire you I'm here to preach the word of God I ain't got no power the word got power I ain't got no strength. The word got strength. I ain't got no insight. The word got insight. And when you hold up the word of God, I believe I got a few folks say that if you live it, it will live you. Let me. Let me. Let, let me. Let me. I got to finish up. Got to finish up. Got to finish up. Uh, get the word. Somebody say get the word. Go live the word. Somebody said, go live the word. And finally, grow through the word. Yeah, grow, 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 grow through the word. That's in verses 26, 27, grow through the word. Uh, uh, I, I like how James sums up this first chapter. James, 
James says when you get the word and you live the word, it's going to produce a change that other folk will see. In other words, when you get the word and you live the word, something ought to happen in you. The other folk who know you ought to see it in you and wonder what doesn't happen. Uh, uh, in other words, when you get the word and you go live the word, you grow through the word because your talk change. Your, 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 your help change. Your living change. Um, um, we, we are living. I, I, I really want us to reclaim some words in the church. And one of the words I want us to reclaim is religious. Ain't nothing wrong with being religious. Let me say it again. Y'all have let the culture and crazy church folk who don't know scripture take your word and corrupt it. Religion ain't a bad word. Uh, uh, As a matter of fact, whether you want to admit it or not, Jesus was religious. Now, 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 I I, I see somebody going and say, yeah, I ain't religious, I'm spiritual. Have you ever thought about how crazy that is? Because do you not know that there are other spirits? And the Bible said that you are to try the spirit by the spirit to see if it is what of God, which means there are what other spirits they ain't of God. You better be careful when you talk about I ain't religious, I'm spiritual. Because my question is, what spirit are you talking about? That's a whole nother sermon. Let me, James says, James says, James says, James says, when you have true religion, and I ain't talking about the blue jeans. Somebody catch your own way home. True religion, but it is of such that you can't bridle your tongue or keep your tongue in check you might want to check your religion. I'm from the country, from Mississippi. Um, So city slickers may not be aware of this if you've never had a country experience or ever ridden a horse, but but a bridle is a bit. It's the image of a horse with a bit in the mouth that controls, that provides both control and direction for the horse. How fast or how slow it goes, that's control. Whether the horse goes left or right, that's direction. That bit in that horse attached to the reins that when worked properly will steer the horse in the right direction. James is saying if you don't have a tight rein on your tongue, your religion is suspect. Here it is. This is for free. Everything that comes to your mind does not need to come out of your mouth. Reverend Byrne told me to say it again, so I'm going to say it one more time. Everything that comes to your mind 
does not need to come out of your mouth. Let me say it one more time for the Holy Ghost. Everything that comes to your mind does not need to come out of your mouth. Uh, it does not need to be placed on Facebook. Doesn't need to be tweeted on Twitter. Doesn't need to be posted on Instagram. Don't need to be displayed on TikTok. Alright, see, y'all want to play church. I need some real folks who ain't afraid to testify. It's some stuff that has come to your mind. And if it ever came out of your mouth, uh, some folks will really wonder if you're saved or or not. We know plenty of celebrities who have been canceled because of something they posted or because of something they said. And a real sign of growth, a real sign that you're religious is when you can keep quiet when you want to cuss somebody out. When you're able to shut up when you want to go off. And I will have to admit, I know some folks in the house, me included, that sometimes on the wrong day at the wrong time under the wrong circumstances if the wrong person comes to you you want to cuss them out from center to circumference all right i'll just be honest i'll just be transparent i'll just be me right now there's some folks that when i see them come toward me i want to run the other direction because i know they ain't bringing nothing but hell with me and depending on the day i may want to throw hell back but when you got the holy ghost in you the holy ghost will tell you to shut up when you want to go off on somebody the holy ghost will tell you to turn around when you want to move forward but it's not just cussing y'all it's lying and it's gossiping and it's spreading rumors and it's talking too much and it's engaging in exaggerations but do I have at least seven of y'all I'll make eight that have to admit that as you have grown in your relationship with God the Holy Ghost has governed your conversation and aren't you glad that you ain't said everything that came to your mind uh, let me go ahead and wrap this thing up. But James says that another sign of your growth is when you help the orphans and the widows. So therefore, an accurate measurement of my spiritual growth and my religious experience is when I'm able to help somebody who cannot pay me back. When I'm able to bless somebody who cannot reciprocate during those times it was the orphans and the widows in today's society it's the homeless it's the jobless it's the mentally challenged it is orphans it is divorcees and it is the widow it's the relief we have done for our sisters and our brothers that are stuck in haiti it is the blessing we give to people who have suffered under the dire straits of hurricane it is us giving something to somebody and we're not looking for anything in return. That's when you know that you've really grown in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm here to let you all know right now that the reason I thank God for blessing me is because I want to be a blessing yeah, to somebody else. But not only is your spiritual growth and development connected to the fact that you're able to control your language and you're able to help somebody else, but then you got to go through the process of sanctification. He says and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Uh oh and I lost half of y'all right there because too many of us in the church walk that thin line between the world uh, and uh, our relationship with God uh, and sometimes you can't tell uh, church folk 
from worldly folks. Uh, yeah, I know I'm stepping on some toes right now, but I'm giving y'all the gospel. But, but, but James says that when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, there ought to be something different about you. That, that when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, they ought to know you not only by your works, uh, but they also ought to know you by your words. Uh, and not only are they ought to know you by your words, uh, but when you walk into any situation, that when you come into any condition, uh, that because you have, uh, yeah, the Holy Ghost in your life, uh, you ought to be able to change the atmosphere. Uh, I feel like preaching right now. Uh, can I go ahead and let my Mississippi come out? Uh, uh, we are in the world, uh, but we ought not be of the world. We are in the culture, but we ought not be of the culture. And can I declare right now that there are some churches, when I look at them, you can't tell if you're in a church or if you're in a club. But I'm here to let you know that when you come to the St. Paul Church, and when you gather in this space, uh, whether you're watching us online uh, or you're at 1401 Allen Street, uh, you're going to know that you're in the Lord's house. Uh, we ain't going to have no smoke. Uh, we ain't going to have a bunch of flashing lights. Uh, we ain't going to have a bunch of music uh, that has nothing to do with edifying God. Uh, but when you come to the sanctuary uh, at the St. Paul Baptist Church, uh, whether you're watching us online uh, or you're in the physical sanctuary, uh, you're going to know you're in the house of the Lord because the psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go not to the club, let us go not to the skating rink, but let us go into the house of the Lord. I'll see y'all later. May the Lord bless you real good. But is there anybody in the house that can give God praise because his word changed? your life and I'm so glad uh, that God changed us as we applied his word uh, I don't know about anybody else uh, but here I'm glad uh, that God didn't use his power uh, to make me do some things uh, because I'm glad uh, that God didn't say if you don't do this uh, I'm gonna break your neck uh, but God chose to change us by the love through the word and I'm so glad that God's word is able to change my life. Now y'all been shouting because you only been thinking I'm talking about the Bible. You only been thinking I've been talking about the scriptures but I'm here to let you know that the scriptures without the real word don't mean a thing because the word of God was made flesh. Come here, John. John said that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the beauty, the beauty of the only begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's the Word I'm talking about. It was that Word that was born of a virgin Mary. It was that Word that was screwed up in Galilee. It was that Word that grew up in a carpenter shop. It was that Word that came at the age of 30. It was that Word 
that healed the sick. It was that word that gave sight to the blind. It was that word that made the lame walk. It was that word that made the mute talk. It was that word that lifted up a bow down head. It was that word that got rid of issues of blood. It was that word that allowed for others to be fed with five loaves and two fish. It was that word that was whipped on a Thursday night. It was that word that was hung on a Friday noon. It was that word that was placed in a borrowed tomb. It was that word that stayed in the tomb. That word stayed all night Friday. That word stayed uh, all day Saturday. Uh, that word stayed uh, all night Saturday night. Uh, but early, can y'all help me preach this thing? Uh, early Sunday morning, uh, that word got up uh, with all power uh, in his hand. Uh, and when you're connected uh, to that word, uh, won't it give you power? Want to give you strength, want to give you courage, want to give you salvation, want to give you help, want to give you blessing. Somebody give him praise, somebody give him praise, somebody give him praise. I want a blessed life. Beloved, our blessed life ain't connected to things it's connected to the word the word known as Jesus that gives us strength to be changed by the word of scripture you want a blessed life it ain't found in your stuff or human relationships or frailties it is found in the, and to the word it, it ain't a what it's a who None other than Jesus Christ. None other. Those who are able, those who are able, those who are able, if you would, if you're able, stand on your feet. Those who are watching us online, we're getting ready to have a, a prayer of a new life, a prayer of a brand new start, a prayer of a new beginning. And if you're here right now, as well as watching us online, we're going to give you some instructions on what to do. Bow your head for a word of prayer and repeat after me. God, I want to apply your word. I want to live your word. I want Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've messed up. I've fallen short. I need your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died for my sins on a cross. I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, put your word in my heart so I will not sin against you. Send the Holy Spirit so I can live this word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hear me and hear me well. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the telephone, 
and that prayer was for you and you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you meant that prayer in your head or your heart, you're sincere about that prayer, salvation is yours. Do me a favor if you're, you're watching us on YouTube or listen to us on the telephone, email us at connect to SBC nc.org or call us at 704-334-5309 leave your name your number somebody by five o'clock tomorrow yeah because we're able to check our phones even if we're not here five o'clock tomorrow we'll contact you and let you know what your next steps are if you're watching us on facebook or on our church website would you just type in salvation type in salvation right now when our digital ministers or social media influencers will reach out to you and let you know what the next steps you need to do. If you're in the house, if you're in the house and that prayer was meant for you and you want a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you just do me this favor? If that's you, would you just hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. If you want a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you want to be baptized. Hold up your hand, hold up your hand, hold up your hand. Amen, amen. If you are watching us on YouTube or listening to us on telephone, and you know who Jesus Christ is, the Lord and the Savior, but you don't have a church home and you want to connect with St. Paul, I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sispers in Christ. Just email us at connect.sbbc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and your number. Someone will reach out to you. If you're watching us on Facebook or on the church website, would you in the chat box type connect, connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T. One of our digital ministers or social media influencers will reach out to you. Let you know what the next steps are as far as getting connected to your, this church. If you're in the house right now, if you're in the house and you're saying, listen, I, I want to be a part of the tribe of St. Paul. I would love to join your church. I know who Jesus Christ is. I would love to be your pastor. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. So if that's you, would you hold up your hand? If you're looking for a church home, you're looking for a place to connect virtually or physically. We are flowing in both ways. If that's you, would you hold up your hand right now? Hold up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. We've been baptized and we've been carrying on CEO. We would love for you to be part of our congregation. We would love to walk with you and do life with you. If that's you, would you hold up your hand? Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Amen. Amen. We have done as commanded and yet uh, the cliche goes, there is room at the cross for all of us. Amen. So as we prepare to leave, oh, we have one. We have one. Would you... Go ahead and come on. Go ahead and come on. We go. Those that are watching us online, can you give God praise for the one that is coming? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. Amen. Sister, could you, could you come get my sister? God bless you. Amen. Can we celebrate our sister that is coming, Sister Marilyn? Amen. Amen. Come on, we can do a whole lot better than that. God bless you. Listen, this is what they're going to do. They're going to take you in the back, have conversation with you, help you understand next steps. I'm just trying to practice social disco. I ain't got my mask on. But thank God for you. Amen. Come on, St. Paul. Let's give God praise. Will there be another? 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 Those that are watching us online, can you give God praise? Put some hearts or, or clapping hands in the chat. Amen. For what God is doing. Amen. Do you know we have people that are joining us online, virtually? 
Amen, amen, amen. Quite a few other folks that are in our new, new, new members class has not stepped foot in this church in quite in, in over a year and has joined us virtually. So, so the Lord is moving. Listen, we're getting ready to get out of here. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. God, we thank you for the word. We've heard the word. Now give us power to apply the word so we can grow more in you. And now to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before his throne. Be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. And the people of God said, amen. Do me a favor if you would take a seat. Follow the directions of the ushers as they usher you out uh, in the sanctuary. Amen. Amen.